Tony, KDHL. Well, how's that for perfect timing? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of KDHL's AM Minnesota program. I have Faribault Police Chief John Sherwin in studio. Good morning, Chief. Good morning, Gordy. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. It's another hot day, but uh, we're surviving so far, so... You, yeah. Your offices must dread days like this, though. Yeah, you know, it, 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 uh, it's a little warm out there in the uniform and all the gear, but uh, I don't know. If people maybe have noticed, you know, in the last 5, 10 years, the uh, type of gear that our officers wear have changed. They've switched to external vests, external yep. um, ballistic vests, and uh, at least they have the opportunity to easily remove them when they're back at the station or whatnot, and that, that helps a lot. Um, Back in the day when you just wore your vest underneath and you didn't have that option, boy, I tell you, you'd get back and after a day like today, you'd take off your uh, vest and it was like you, you took a shower with your T-shirt on. So, uh, so yeah, they get a little bit better relief, uh, but it is, it's still pretty miserable when you're out there. Uh, 4.30 in the afternoon and you've got a three-car crash and you're standing on the blacktop and the sun's beating down at... Uh, um, yeah, it can be miserable. But, well, uh, I know you got air conditioning in the vehicles, but getting sure. in and out of that air has to be kind of hard on you, really. Yeah, it is. I mean, there are a lot of folks that work outside, and uh, our officers are, are one of them. They're exposed to the elements, and sometimes for extended periods of time. And you, you get used to it, but it doesn't make uh, uh, coming to work any, uh, any easier on certain days. Just like anyone else, right? Uh, you know, whether you're a, a roofer or uh, someone working in a factory without air conditioning, you get used to it, but uh, but it's not it's not easy. I would sincerely hope that roofers would take the day off. Uh, you know, when it's this hot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on the the crew and the situation. And you know, a lot of a lot of people are used to being hydrated and acclimated over time, right? Uh, that's the problem, kind of, with this summer. We really haven't had. It's been hot, and then it cools off, and then it gets hot, and then it cools off. So you really don't have a chance to get acclimated to the, uh, to the heat. It's not like uh, living further south where, you know, your body tends to get used to it. Just like we get used to it in the winter, right? Uh, you bring someone from Texas to Minnesota in January, and it's even if it's 35 degrees, they're freezing. But uh, uh, for us, it might be a warm spell, so... No, you're right there. Are you a state fair guy? You go, you go to the state fair? I do not go to the state fair because I don't like paying the prices. That's just me personally. And the, the, the last few times I've been, it's been so crowded that you can hardly walk on the midway. Um, you know, at least during the times that, you know, my work schedule allows me to go. That's when everybody else is there. So um, I tend to avoid it, but uh, it's a good time. I've had some good times at the fair, especially uh, when my... Uh, my own child was a little bit younger, had some good memories. You know, you always got to hit the big slide with the, uh, <laughs> with the uh, gunny sack. And, you know, of course, who doesn't like the food? But, uh, no, I'm not, not, not planning on going this year. I went to the Rice County Fair, and that was enough for me. So. Yep, and the Rice County Fair was a success this year. The added security worked. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, no issues. Um, you know, Steel County, they just had their fair, and that's obviously the biggest county fair in the state date besides yep. the state fair and uh, they reached out to us for assistance for uh, uh, officers to help and they contracted with uh, with us for overtime and we had officers down there so if uh, folks that are listening had made it to the Steele County Fair and they saw 
uh, Faribault police officers. That's the reason why it wasn't, uh, um, we, we were compensated for that. So it wasn't our taxpayer dollars that were covering that. So. Yep, their director of publicity, Mr. Steele, told me we don't tolerate any monkey business at our fair. If somebody gets caught doing graffiti or something, they're kicked out. Yep, and there were a few period. incidents that even our officers helped uh, resolve that uh, kept that fair safe and uh, fights and things that were prevented or stopped before they escalated. So I think all in all, it was a pretty successful fair. It didn't, it's just, um, maybe I'm an old guy, I guess, but it doesn't seem to me that there were those issues five, even five years ago. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, there were, but I, maybe they get more attention now because everyone's so hyper-focused on safety. Um, you know, I mean, I can think back to, you know, my time, even as a kid, you know, a teenager 30 years ago, there, there were kids that would fight, um, but it wasn't the same. You know, it wasn't the same escalation of... Knives and guns yeah, and that and, sort of... and of concern, right? Um, but you're right, you know, there is, there is a increased focus on it, and, and society should... We, don't, we shouldn't accept it, right? It, it can be disruptive really quickly. And um, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, for the Steele County Fair, Sheriff uh, Lon Thiel, he uh, reached out and we were happy to uh, provide some, some help. And the officers that worked uh, enjoy the overtime as well. And like I said, it's not, uh, we, were, we were reimbursed for that from Steele County. So it's not Faribault tax dollars that work there. So. All right. Good to hear that you guys can work together like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It takes an, it takes an effort. It wasn't just us. It was uh, Rice County, Albert Lee, Dodge County. Uh, they reached out to everyone. Owatonna PD, Wasika. So uh, it was kind of a regional effort to help keep their fair safe. Well, like you said, it's the largest state fair in Minnesota. We're going to take a little break here, get our opening market report, see if I can find the sheet of paper I'm supposed to read here. Brought to us by Community Co-op Oil Association, Faribault, where everyone is welcome to be part of the company. Get your clean-burning propane from Community Co-op, local since 1925, to serve you better. And TNW Towing, your heavy-duty towing and recovery experts. Soybeans are higher, corns lower, cattle and hogs are mixed. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. With Stein, growers have access to decades of knowledge from the experts who will ensure you get the yield benefits their products can bring. Stein, dedicated to yield, committed to you. Soybeans are still up, but they're down from the session highs, continuing to watch the weather and the likely stress from high heat and dry conditions. The heat should break this weekend, but many forecasts are mostly dry into September. And there is a really significant chance that uh, late next week we are going to see a return to hotter temperatures as well. September beans are now down a penny and a half at 1358. Beans are still mostly firm. November's up a half at 1361 and a quarter. Uh, corn seen some profit taking. Weekly export numbers were bearish, reflecting the slow global demand. A major private crop tour this week has had mixed yields with potential for further reductions. September corn six and a half lower at 469 and a half. December's down five and a half at 485. And wheat's seen some profit-taking with export sales up on the week, but the overall pace remains slow as Russia dominates trade. Crop weather concerns in Canada, Argentina, and Australia are largely being ignored. September Chicago's nine and three quarters lower at 602 and three quarters. Cotton's consolidating. Uh, December's now steady at 85.82. March is back to three higher at 85.72. 
Also adjusting spreads, September rice is up two at 1546. November's one and a half higher at 1583. Live cattle are mostly lower and feeders are up watching corn and waiting for widespread direct business. October lives 25 lower at 178.42. December's down 30 at 182.62. September feeders are up 75 at 249.32. And hogs are mostly higher ahead of this afternoon's livestock slaughter report. October leans up 70 at 79.25. December's 32 higher at 71.37. I'm John Perkins with a Brownfield Market Update. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Yeah, our KDHL Agri Boosters also include 321 Fence. Go to 321FenceInc.com. Start the countdown to your next fence project. Finding a high quality fencing company can be as simple as 321. Contact Micah. Contact Micah. Again, that's 321FenceInc.com. Northland Buildings, quality post frame construction. Head to NorthlandBuildings.com. Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Nairstrand helps protect all things that are near and dear to you. In our studio today is John Sherwin. He's the chief of police in Faribault. I always love watching the badge being pinned on a new officer ceremony sure. with the family. I, I don't know how that tradition started. I, it's, I've lived in many different cities. All of them seem to do it. Yeah. Do you have yep. any idea how that all got started? It's such a cool ceremony. You know, I don't, I don't know, right? Uh, but it is. It, it, every department I've worked at, and I've, like I told you before, this is, Faribault is my third department. Um, yep. You know, there's always a, a ceremony around, you know, a new officer. And uh, usually it's the oath of office. Um, we do things a little bit differently because our officers take that oath of office like their first day that they start, basically. Um, and when we present that officer after they've completed their training to the city council, it's more of a recognition that they've completed their training. So we don't do the actual raise right. your right hand and swear the oath, but uh, that gives the opportunity for the council who represents the community to meet their newest police officer and anybody who shows up at the meetings. And uh, we always like to make a, you know, I like to say a few words about the officer, let people introduce them and... Um, have their family be a part of it, you know, on uh, Tuesday, um, our, our newest, uh, I say new with quotes, right? Our newest officer, Jason Witt, um, who is not new to this community at all, but uh, is new to our department. Um, he was uh, introduced to the council and he had his uh, a wife and, and two daughters that were present. So it's always a, it's always good to have that happen. And, um, um, you know, people can have their moment and meet, meet our, latest and greatest officer on the street so yeah it was just cool to see the look on the kids faces they're yeah. so proud of their dad right yeah for sure for sure and it's something that they'll always remember and uh, uh you know in my police career the different uh, whether it's uh, a swearing in or a promotional ceremony or something uh it's always a nice family memory um gives you an opportunity to at least get a picture for the christmas card as well so yeah now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Officer Witt was in the sheriff's office at one he time. He was, yes. Yeah, for uh, for many years. And then uh, uh, he briefly worked up in Farmington, um, uh, but, you know, lives in the area and, and uh, realized it wasn't what he thought it might be and, and actually approached uh, me and asked, uh, you know, when next time you're hiring, I'd, I'd be interested. And we were certainly happy to have him and his experience come back to Faribault and... 
you know, serve this community. So. Well, you know, it's the area, as you said. That's Absolutely. a big plus, yep. right? Yep, and he's he's part of the community and established here. So uh, uh, that's a win-win for all of us. So easy to train. He, we didn't have to train him. He, he knows how to be a cop. We just had to teach him how to use our systems, right? Our, our different computer uh, report writing system. Now, you mentioned the vests earlier being easier yeah. to take off. Is that why you wear them on the outside now versus the inside? Yeah, they allow that officer the flexibility to take off the vest and um, be cooler. And, you know, they, they're, um, the vest covers, are uh, uh, they match the uniform of the officer for the most part. So, um, you know, some people will say, oh, well, that's a tactical look. You're trying to make them look like the military. And really, it's, it's all about comfort and um, removal, you know. Um, it uh, it's certainly different than my first vest that I had 25 years ago that was really like wearing an inflexible piece of cardboard uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, I would have to adjust multiple times through a shift because it wasn't just the way the Velcro attached it. They've come a long way with technology. The, uh, uh, the cops that uh, used to work in the 80s uh, when vests first came out, they wouldn't even recognize what what officers wear today that offer uh, just as much or more protection than the early Kevlar vests that came out. Now, so. I was just going to ask about how much protection those vests provide, because obviously we hear about officers, sadly, yeah. being killed. Officer Waleen up in Fargo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if yeah. he was wearing a vest. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, most, most departments, any agency of size or substance requires people that are on patrol to wear a vest. Um, the uh, uh, they're bullet resistant. They're not bulletproof. That's kind of a misconception. They'll stop most rounds. Like uh, your uh, your lower velocity handgun rounds, but a rifle round, they're certainly not going to stop. Um, we do issue uh, our officers. Every officer carries a, a separate vest in their car that has um, uh, heavy heavier duty plates that are more resistant to rifle rounds and even in my own vehicle I have one um, and officers will put those on in really high risk situations um, but their standard everyday vest that they're wearing is it's bullet resistant it's not bulletproof and obviously not every part of your body's covered um, you know uh, your head your extremities and um, you know that incident in Fargo those officers were ambushed if you happen to watch that video they didn't even see the gunman shooting at them um, and, and he was obviously shooting high-powered rifle rounds that uh, uh, the vest that they were wearing wouldn't have done anything to stop those rounds anyway no I did not watch the video it was officer Waleen hit in the back you know I'm not quite sure because that part of the video is the video that was released is from the officer that the surviving officer that actually engaged the gunman and yeah, and he repeatedly um, told him to put down his weapon yep, and yep. I mean repeatedly certainly a hero um, but you know the officers they were they were standing on the sidewalk and uh, this gentleman uh, had pulled into a parking lot removed the rifle from his vehicle and just opened fire on them they weren't even the he had nothing to do with the incident that they were investigating it was a car crash with injuries and fortunately, one of the officers happened to be behind a vehicle, was able to take cover, engage the suspect. Um, from what I read, he disabled the suspect's rifle by, with gunfire. Uh, and then the suspect actually pulled out a handgun uh, and was down on the ground. And the officer 
like you said, told him multiple times. Yeah, multiple, multiple times. Uh, that, w- that was, at that point, he was not dropping that firearm, and the officer did what he had to do to protect himself and the public. And, you know, obviously once uh, the details of that incident came out, uh, that gentleman likely had more than just those officers oh, gosh, in his mind. Yeah, I mean, there's some had, big uh, fair going on or yep, something. Yep, street fair, and he had... Uh, improvised explosive devices and all kinds of uh, rounds of ammo. And I think uh, maybe he was headed that direction and encountered these officers and thought, you know, this will be a distraction. I'll take these cops off and out and then uh, everybody will be focused here. And I can, you know, um, who knows, but I'm certainly glad for the officer, the way he responded and um, took action and um, really uh, heroic. Yeah, did his job. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, and you could hear the terror in his voice. We got the audio oh, from the dispatch, yeah. right? Yep. Officers down, officers down. Yeah, yeah, such an uh, overwhelming uh, situation for sure. So. You know, Wallene was only on the job for like a month or something. Uh, no, I believe he was more uh, six or seven years. The officers that were killed were uh, brand new. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about the officer that was killed. Yeah, from Minnesota. Yeah. 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 I thought he was a new officer. Yes, he was. He was. Not that it makes any difference. No, no. The officer that re- responded to or, you know, was engaged in that shooting was, was a more, more veteran, veteran, more seasoned officer. Yeah. So. Well, let's hope and pray. I got my toes crossed. That, that never happens here. Ah, me too. Me too. It's the, the kind of thing that keeps me up at night. But I, I know I was chatting with you before going on the air. I just wrote down, in the last week, there have been shootings all over the country. I'm not going to even list them all. There's so many mm-hmm. of them. And I, I, I remember saying on the news earlier today, I would touch on it with you today. I, I said if the chief had an answer to all this, he'd probably be a, well, he wouldn't be a police chief. He'd be in no, a higher I'd probably, position. I'd probably be high, higher, highly in demand for all sorts of problems, bigger and better than... <laughs> you know that but uh no you're right uh y- you know is it i don't know the answer um i don't know the cause i don't know the reason some of it is just people are society in general is more willing to shoot um you know there's a culture um of uh of violence within communities um and guns are super available yep. There are people that are isolated from the rest of the world that live in, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's multiple angles. There's multiple reasons. There's, um, you know, uh, violence in cities, but there's also individuals that don't live in cities that are isolated and angry at the world. Um, it's, it's a mix of, of the above, right, that caused this. And uh, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know where... I don't know how to fix it. It's not as easy as banning guns because there are more guns in this country than there are people. And who's going who's gonna to gather the guns? I, not me. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't have the answer for that. Um, that brings, I'm glad you brought that up because if I were to happen to find a gun, mm-hmm. like in the bushes in my place or something or out in my backyard, is the proper place to turn it? To you? Or oh, yeah. You, I, would, I would advise or? you not even, if, if you ever to find a gun where it shouldn't be, don't touch it because you never know why it's there. Well, that's true. Uh, we'll come out and gather it up. Um, actually, we just had that not too long ago. There was a, a firearm found in a porta potty. 
well, obviously someone was trying to get rid of it, um, but the the person called us and we came out and uh, collected it, um, obviously with many gloves on and other things. But uh, but no, we're the answer for that. You know, you find a firearm, uh, turn it into. Don't don't touch it. Call us. We'll come out and we'll handle it. Because you're going to dust it for prints. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure that uh, we're we're trying to, if we can determine where it came from or the origin, we will. Um, but also, you never know why it was there um, or the circumstances. Uh, there, you know, I've worked long enough where people have found guns and then we've connected it to. Wow, gosh, officers had a foot chase the night before. We didn't find a gun on the person we caught, but maybe they tossed a gun, you know. So I, I've seen that happen many, many times. Um, so it, it's, it's uh, yeah, always always call us when if that were to happen. Well, in the remaining moments of the show, is there anything you'd like to talk to the public about here this morning? Boy, that's a great question. I, I think we're, uh, you know, we're at the tail end of the summer here. You know, we've had a relatively safe and quiet summer here locally, and uh, we're hoping it ends that way. I, it's hard to believe Labor Day weekend is coming right up. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, we've had a number of initiatives this summer, community-related, and we're looking forward to that moving forward into the future. And we got some things planned uh, this winter, um, you know, that will engage the public and, and kids especially. So... Um, I don't want to reveal too many details on that yet, but, uh, you know, we're still working on those things. And, and uh, You're going to have a welcome back to school event of any sort? Well, not this year. Uh, you know, we had the safe summer kickoff, which was the end of the school year. Right. Um, obviously, school will be starting phasing in next week uh, for kids. So um, we'll be visible and present around the schools. And it's a reminder you know, that uh, certain streets will become a lot vi- busier uh, with parents and kids drop off. So school buses, school buses. Right. Obviously. And, you know, we've had a great thing in Faribault. Our our school buses all have cameras. So stop arms. Uh, you got to got to remember, you have to stop. You see the lights start to flash. That's your clue. Stop um, and wait for wait for the bus driver. The bus bus drivers are well trained. They're keenly aware. They'll stop traffic and they'll they'll activate their lights in sequence. Just follow those uh, warning lights, you know, the caution lights, and then the red lights. And when that stop arms out, that means kids are out. So um, be patient. Be patient. And if you violate it, you're going to be on camera. Uh, and we follow up on all those um, reports that we receive. So is a camera right on the arm? Stop arm. Cameras on the arms and on the buses that uh, that do a great job. They they're a game changer for us as far as enforcement. Uh, in the past, we would have to rely on descriptions and things from bus drivers, and and they do a great job. But you know, there's a thousand things going on when when they're doing so. Uh, sometimes those cases with just the description alone were hard to prove and issue a citation, but. We don't have to deal with that anymore because the cameras record that. So, um, yeah, I think our, um, I would have to look at the numbers. I can maybe talk about it the next time. But, uh, um, you know, our, our complaints and successful rate of issuing tickets went from maybe one or two out of every 10 reports to about nine out of 10. So you get that many reports, though. 
No, um, we don't get a lot. I'd say for the year, you know, each quarter. So we track them quarterly. Um, we were probably getting 15 to 20. A quarter. A quarter. So um, that's quite you know, a, few. a few a week. Uh, definitely a few a week. Um, but uh, um, yeah, it's just people, people get in a hurry. They don't pay attention. Uh, and they're distracted with their they're phones. Distracted, and the uh, the camera will capture you now. So it's it's best to be aware of school buses. Like they stand out; they're big and yellow, and <laughs> uh, they're hard to miss. Um, especially for folks that are traveling uh, during those times when school pickup and and uh, drop off is taking place. Yep, so. and not just the school buses. Honor those school patrols. Absolutely. Yep. And they stand out there and put out their flags. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yep, absolutely. So, anything else? School zone speed limits, etc. So. Are you at full force now with Officer Witt? No, we're we're actually hiring right now. Um, we're we're still down. Um, Sounds like you're almost in constant hiring mode. Yeah, I think we we pretty much have been. That's a good good way to put it. Uh, uh, we have been, um, but but everyone else is as well. Um, there are hundred, well over hundred jobs. Uh, law enforcement openings right now and there just aren't the people we are getting some applicants and obviously we have a good uh we have a good pool of officers in waiting that are our community service officers uh some that are still in school some that will be ready very soon um so it, it's kind of like developing a, a baseball team you need a good minor league farm system and that's what our cs cso program has turned into and um Capture, capture potential officers early, and then hopefully we can move them up uh, when, when they're time. So. Do you, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but do you do a psychological evaluation yes. as part of yeah, the hiring that's, that's process? Yes, that's required for licensing purposes. Uh, yeah, and Gordy, I'll answer your questions. I'm not a politician. No, <laughs> I know that. I know that. Yeah, no, uh, it's required for state licensing. There is a mandated... Um, psychological pre-employment screening that takes place. No, because there was an, well, there's another office, I can't remember how, the East Coast that got in trouble on a golf course or something, ended up engaging in mm. something that obviously was not, you know, if he, I don't know if he had a mental breakdown or what. Well, that can happen it, to anybody. It's something that's required for pre-employment, you know, and obviously um, officer wellness is something that we're focused on. So we offer... Um, you know, this, it's a tough job, and, and, um, and you it, see it can be hard on people. It can be hard on people's personal lives that can cause work issues. And um, so we offer additional services to our officers. They yeah. have the option to talk to someone. It's not for everybody. I remember my brother uh, came upon an, a fatal accident. Mm-hmm. He ran up to the vehicle, stopped, pulled over, went over there, and he looked inside, and he was going to try and help the person, and he got sick mm-hmm. from what he saw. Yeah. So it's not for everybody. No, it's not. And it's not just, uh, you know, violent crimes and other things, although those can, it's, it's the everyday trauma. When people die, they call the police. We go. Uh, those are traumatic scenes, telling loved ones that their, that their uh, family member didn't make it. Those are hard things. It's not, it's not so much that, you know, you're dealing with people murdered all the time, because that's just not the case in this community. But well, people sudden, die. Sudden infant death. People die. Yeah. Accidents are bad, you know. Um, you know, we had a, a young child that was struck by a car last week, and thankfully uh, the injuries weren't going to be life-threatening, but they're traumatic, you know, and those things add up over time for, for officers who are humans, 
right? People forget we're humans. So. Yeah, and they may have kids about the same uh-huh. age or absolutely, something. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's why it's, we, we take those steps and make sure that uh, people are, are sound, uh, both physically and mentally. And it hasn't always been that way in your profession, right? No, for sure. It, you know, it is part of the job, but that was the attitude. It's part of the job. Get over it. Yeah. And yep. uh, for a lot of people, that didn't work, you know? And in and, and this way, I think this makes our profession better by, by addressing those issues and taking care of the people who take care of everyone else. Yep. Softball game next Wednesday. That's right. Are you batting cleanup? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I plan to be out there. So it's been a few years since I've swung a bat. Um, but it's a know, slow pitch. It's slow pitch. It's, you know, it's uh, like riding a bike. Shouldn't forget. So we'll see how it goes. And it's who against who again? It's the city, police, and fire versus the county. So there'll be the sheriff's office and some of the prosecutors out there as well. So uh, brown versus blue and red, I guess. So. And the time is seven. Is that right? Oh, gosh. Next Wednesday. Uh, six. I thought it was 6.30 maybe. Okay. I, All right. I'll have to check. But is it on your website? It's on the social media sites. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. We'll double check that and let people know because we want a lot of people out there because it's a fundraiser. You're it's doing a fundraiser this for charity. For charity, absolutely. Yep. Yep. We've got some sponsorship for it as well. So that's great. Yep. Fantastic. Diamond Three, which is behind Bell Field out in North yep. Alexander Park. Yep. Hope to see a lot of people there. That's the diamond that the BA Cardinals played and practiced on and of course went to the state tournament this last year. And a home run derby. So we'll see. Ooh, cool. Hey, thanks for coming welcome, in again, Marie. Chief. You guys have a great rest of the day. Stay cool. Stay hydrated.